Welcome to the Mexi Bro Movie Show. This is a podcast about flautas and ninjas and menudo and explosions. Well, it's about some of those things. We want to take you on a journey. But before we do, we need to let you know that this podcast does include some adult language and content. So if you're easily offended, then we might recommend a different podcast. Surely Oprah has one by now. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Mexi Bro Movie Show, a podcast where we use our love of terrible movies to justify our positive outlook of growing up in West Texas. We're your hosts, Fred and Noel, and uh, we have a special guest with us today. Uh, you might remember him from about a whole year ago. He was uh, <laughs> uh, our buddy from Colnado Gaming, Mr. Cole, or Ryan Cole. Uh, is uh, in the house. Say hello, Ryan. It was. Uh, it was actually probably almost exactly a year ago. Exactly. Yeah. To the day. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's strange. I can't believe it's been that far. I know. It does. It feels like really just a couple months ago. But you know, <laughs> we actually will have an additional guest joining us in just a little bit. He said something about taking a shower, so he's doing that. And as uh, <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and get started without well, him. Don't we normally shower like after the podcast? <laughs> right now. Oh my you feel kind of dirty. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, already getting the hits in. <laughs> All right. So, let's start off. Uh, this is going to be a, a little kind of getting us back into the swing of things. And uh, so, we're going to just ease our way back into the whole uh, sesh, if you will. And we're going to get started with a little bit of talk of the new Defenders. Defenders just came out uh, as of this recording the past Friday. So... Uh, we have different uh, viewing experience with it. I've seen the first few episodes. Fred has seen the entire series. I think, Ryan, you haven't seen it at all. Yeah, I'm that guy in the room that hasn't seen any of Okay, so we'll <laughs> let you talk the most, of course. <laughs> um, well, let's get started, Defenders. What This is uh, the continuation of the Netflix series from you know Daredevil, Jessica Jones, uh, Iron Fist, and... Luke Cage. Luke Cage, everyone's favorite. <laughs> so, Fred, since you've seen the whole series, and careful about spoilers, mm-hmm. what, what has been your take so far? Uh, I like it. I don't love it. Uh, my, my main thing, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but uh, Iron Fist's fight choreographer showed up. And showed him how to fight. It looks like he was he was late and didn't show up for Iron Fist to show the guy how to how to fight in that in that in that series. But he did show up in this one, and the fights are kind of cool. Parts of it, I was just like, I was like, man, how are they going to fit all this in the eight episodes? And then towards the end of it, I was just like, eight episodes was too much. Like this maybe could have just been a Netflix movie. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, uh, they really uh, that probably would have been a better way to go. Yeah, I think so, honestly. But I dug it. I mean, I would still rank it pretty high if I had to rank all the seasons. All right, so let's take it from that perspective. Like, I have seen all of them uh, except for all of the Defenders. Yeah. So on a scale of Iron Fist being the absolute worst (laughs) to Daredevil Season 1, I think, which is by far the best one. Yeah. um, Where would this fall in that category? Uh, for me, I would probably put it, uh, I don't know, I think Daredevil Season 2 and this would probably tie for probably third place in terms of like 
quality. I mean, because I would probably never rewatch any of the seasons again, but that's just how it goes with me and TV shows. I'll probably go back and watch certain episodes. Unless or, it's the Golden Girls. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, retro TV shows. Like, I'll still watch, like, In the Heat of the Night and Golden <laughs> Girls and stuff. Like, you know, once once there's enough years between me and the show, I'll rewatch it. I would put, like, Daredevil. Yeah, Daredevil Season 1 as number one. Jessica Jones would be number two. I agree. And I would probably throw Season 2 of Daredevil. I mean, I like Luke Cage. A lot, but in terms of rewatchability, like there's probably more in Daredevil season two that I would go back and watch versus anything in Luke Cage. The same for Jessica Jones. I would probably not rewatch anything on that a lot, even though I think it was a really good quality show. Uh, just a lot about Kristen Ritter, just like having to be like, why are you why, like why why are you so angry at everybody twenty four seven like like you can be friendly and nice at times. But some um, some people, man, that's not an act. Some people are actually really yeah. shitty. <laughs> and I think but, that she captures that. And, and it's a, I think that was just more about her being vulnerable. Yeah. Or discovering she, that she had been vulnerable and trying to... Yeah. But she was in, like, this way in Defenders also, where it's just, like, almost 24-7. I'm just like, come oh, on, these are people that are trying to help. Like, Matt Mer- like, in the in the, in the trailer for the show, like, you know, and she's being interrogated by Misty Knight, and Matt Murdock shows up and he's like, I'm your lawyer. And she was like, who the fuck are you or whatever? And then she's so combative towards him. He's just like, listen, I'm going to come here to help you. Uh, but yeah, so I'd probably put season two of Daredevil at number three, but kind of tied with Defenders and then Luke Cage and then Iron Fist. And then Iron Fist. Is uh, number 10. Yeah. How many of these shows have you seen, Ryan? Like, out of all. I've, I've only seen season one of Daredevil and then like two episodes of season two of Daredevil. Like, just enough to start, get a taste of Punisher, and that's about as far as mm. Everything, I'm just completely consumed, as I was last time on the podcast, consumed with Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, <laughs> which is going to be the next topic that we had coming up here. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with Fred's assessment. There's nothing I would edit on your list. Uh, I think Daredevil season one was by far the best. And then followed by Jessica Jones. Um, then after that, it's just kind of like a... I would probably put Luke Cage next after that. But uh, um, ultimately, I think they're all about the same after that. And, and it's not a not a huge loss between the seasons. It's definitely worth watching once. Iron Fist, you could take or leave. That has really no purpose. Um, but yeah, yeah. Why don't we transition this right now? Go on into game... Of Thrones. Season 7 has just started, or rather, I would say it's nearing the end. We have one final final episode before the season goes up at the time of this taping. Um, There's been a lot. This one, I will say that there are some spoilers, I guess, that we'll talk about. So if you don't really want to know much about it or you haven't seen it yet, pause (laughs) the podcast, go watch it, and then come back and listen to the rest. Um, So we find out at the very end of this season so far that you know that the White Walkers are knocking on uh, the door and they're ready to to start this whole thing that we've been preparing for for the last seven years um, there's been a new development in the capabilities of what the White Walkers can do and then of course we have the the final meeting of Jon Snow and, and Daenerys Targaryen they're gonna be doing their um, cousin boffing I guess I I don't know why she it's so... She would be technically his aunt. She's technically his aunt. Oh, that makes aunt, it yeah. so much better. 
I don't. I don't yeah. understand. I understand. Yep. yep. I, this this show. But they don't know though, bro. They don't know. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's one of those weird things. It's like you're gonna find out later that you've been having sex with your aunt all this time, and then you try and go back to normal girls, but you've already been conditioned to love ant sex so <laughs> you know, i think that this is this is trying to make us a little bit more normalized towards uh you know incest kind of weird so you think they're gonna be rocking the boat the next episode i that's what i kind of think i kind of do but it's like we all know it's like no don't do it man <laughs> don't do it that's your aunt up until this moment i was like that's your cousin hey yeah Yo, and, what's up sir what's up what's up Nice place you got here. <laughs> we were talking about rocking the boat. And oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. so and so you know the the whole concept of uh, incest, which is not really you know unheard of for the show. <laughs> I, I'll take a moment here to to introduce to our next uh, guest today is uh, our friend Rodney, hailing from the land of South Carolina, joining us today. Uh, Rodney, say hello. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> you came in at a good I part. I came in at a... Uh, uh, hmm. I'm from the South, but we don't discuss this. <laughs> it's something that happens is just not talked about. Okay, so. Not in my family. <laughs> so, Past, present, future. Rodney has never seen Game of Thrones, and he walked into the part where we are now discussing... Um, Family love, I suppose, is, is a nicer family way to put it. Love. Family love. Say what you want to say. Family love in quotation marks. Um, I call it nasties. Yeah, <laughs> come on, man. We have the explicit thing on our podcast. Uh, that's true. This is true. But So the idea is that they're trying to acclimate people into this kind of relationship. It's strange to me that they keep on, keep on hammering this. I mean... Is there any kind of real benefit to a love story between that they could discover? I mean, would would there be a... So, yeah, think of it in terms of if you didn't know their relationship or that they were technically related, it would it would make sense to you, right? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of where they're going because there's some things in the books and, and, and the show has really diverged a lot from the books, obviously, because they don't have that material to go off of now. <laughs> and you can kind of tell, you know, just in some of the, I'm not, I don't want to talk bad about the show, but you can kind of tell, like, George R. R. Martin's writing oh, yeah. is oh, yeah. far beyond what they're doing right now. But it's still, I think it's still really, really great. But in the books, like, if you look at all the little details and... Because uh, Martin's so meticulous on timelines and how long it takes to travel certain places. So in the books, if you really look into that stuff, it's hinted at that John's father and mother are not who the show is hinting at it is. Oh, okay. So, so, okay. So that brings up another point. I mean, wouldn't it just be easier to make a different kind of relationship for them? Something that still creates a bond, but isn't and, necessarily sexually based. I mean, we, we, if that might happen. We don't know. I mean, it looks like it's going that way, but at the same time, you can see both characters, you know, they, they loved somebody, mm-hmm. right? And you can see them, like, have this connection, but at the same time, they, they have this thought of, you know, we never thought we'd love anybody else again, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. So you see them go in, and you see that restraint, so... Who knows what's going to happen? But they kept 
it, I felt like in this last last episode they kept foreshadowing them conceiving a child. Yeah. Because they kept asking Daenerys about the line of succession, and then Jorah had that moment where he hands the sword back and says, you can pass this off to your children. And he basically said, I give this woman unto thee my love. I no longer be queen. <laughs> like, I kind of, I don't know, I kind of felt like they were like, you guys are making decisions that's not really up to you. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it, you know, she may want, you know, Mormont, you know, that might be her thing, and... and and maybe she would choose him, or, and it's not a matter of Mormont saying I step out of the way because, like, yeah, that doesn't matter. I, I have a feeling I have a feeling Jorah's gonna die. I I actually kind of think John's gonna die too. Yeah, I, I think they're all gonna I die. Th- I think I think John is gonna die killing the Night King. I think that's what he's destined to do. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing about the show for me in the last um, the last few episodes. The idea of, and I, and I think lots of people are, are talking about this right now, but the idea of time as as a as a meaningful barrier to action uh, is no longer a factor. Like now, they can be pretty much anywhere at any time yeah. because they will it to be so. Yeah. And oh, I need to fly across an entire kingdom. I can do that in like mm-hmm. six hours now because I have a, a dragon. Which you know, even even in those terms, does not makes sense you know like it, mm. the distance is still so great that it shouldn't be that way and and it i think that in the last episode that we're going to have and then going into next season we're just going to see more of the the convoluted timeline timeline yes. yeah there, there's just not going to be a way to make it all clean and neat and uh, and i think that that was the strength of the first uh four seasons five seasons that, that were there and i, I think it's also going to be the reason why why it's not going to be as good in going out on its final season. So I no, don't I'll know. Totally get that, yeah. And so it, it's just going to, to me, it almost like suffers the weight of the walking dead because the walking dead's gone on for so long and they're trying to continually try and stretch it out. It just doesn't make <laughs> any sense. Well, at least for the walking dead, they still had plenty of material to go off of yeah. right now. I mean, they're just cobbling together. what they're they just, can. And, and I think, I think Martin's to the point of, They've kind of messed some major things up, you know, in like season four with Dorn. I mean, they completely butchered the yeah. Dorn storyline. I think <laughs> I think Martin's pretty much just said, you know, whatever. just take it, you know, just whatever. I'm just going to focus on getting these books out. That's why it takes him so long to get them out because, you know, he's so meticulous about all yeah. the little small little details. Yeah, I guess uh, um, people that didn't. Pay attention for that, and Star Wars, you know, have suffered the consequence of having a storyline fizzle out or do something ridiculous that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Hence the prequels. Hence, <laughs> you know, like I'm just saying that, that when you when you take time to build whatever you're going to do and and actually have a an ending in sight, you know, mm-hmm. that you can make a better quality thing. I was just reading the other day that they uh, that what's the show with the upside down um, uh, Stranger Stranger Things, Things yeah. is only planned to have four seasons altogether because they have an end in mind, and I think that that is going to prove to be very very successful yeah. because of that. And I, I think uh, we have the concept for Deadpool, you know, where they're trying to pull the story together with limited budget because they can. I think we talked about that about a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, where they they instead of getting and using more money, they want to try and oh yeah yeah and and use the available budget and use a creative process to overcome that rather yeah. than 
than just throw money at the yeah, problem. Yeah, so I think that that is the new storytelling goal that, that's been set by Hollywood and it's going to prove to be a, a way to make success. It'll also weed out all the dreck that we tend to be receiving. Like if you if you watch the final episodes of uh, Dexter, how huge a misstep that entire thing was the last season. Um, and it's because they didn't want to let it go. They thought that, you know, it was a property they didn't want to lose revenue from, so they just let it die this sad death. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we're going to start to see some of the things ending properly. It just means that we won't have ten seasons of it, which I'm okay with. I'm, perp- I'm perfectly fine with that. So. Yeah, I mean, it's the quality over quantity Absolutely. Type, type of thing. And I think uh, with Game of Thrones, I, I think they could have went longer, but... I don't want they to... they had the goal of spectacle over substance. Yeah, because uh, the first four seasons, right? Not a lot of really stuff happened. Even like the War of the Five Kings, like we didn't see very many big battles. Yeah, but there was so much substance. In yeah, there. the character development was really good. The character development was awesome. Yeah, and now moving on, they they've gone for spectacle. Even mm-hmm. though I've liked some of that spectacle, but it just doesn't outweigh. The substance. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, that kind of goes toward, if I can just kind of chime in a little bit. Yeah. You're talking about spectacle over substance. Yeah. Now, what I know really good, and I'm, I'm really into, of course, are the comics. Okay. I can look at Marvel versus DC. The spectacle really will always be DC because they were here first. And really, let's be honest about it. Superman is like the benchmark of superheroes. Look at Superman, you know, you can look at, okay, the birds are playing Superman. That really kind of set the bar for what a superhero was supposed to be. Heroic, does good, always does the right thing. And then you look at the way that DC has done their things in the movies. Aside from the trilogy of Batman Begins, which is was good. Christian Bale and Chris Nolan, you really can't go wrong. And then Man of Steel was good, too, in my opinion. But then here you go with Batman vs. Superman. It's a spectacle of finally seeing these two fight. But the plot... Is so jam packed with stuff that's not that's underdeveloped that you can't really get it. Even with a person that's a fan, I can tell that some of this was a little bit of Tower of Babel and some of this was a little bit of just different parts of the Dark Knight series. And you got Ben Affleck playing the actual Frank Miller version of Batman versus the traditional Batman, which is cool because he's darker, he's grittier, he's older, and Superman's like the young pup coming on the scene. Good concept but not really a great delivery. Versus Marvel, who took their time to develop the characters. Iron Man, you see him straight through. You can see Tony Stark, you can see Iron Man, you can see Steve Rogers, even though that, of course, the origin story was very basic because you had to go back there to World War II. You have to tell the man's story. Now you understand why he made the decisions he's made here in Civil War. And then you see in Civil War, once he goes through the Winter Soldier situation with Steel and Hydra and the whole mix-up, now he's com- he's conflicted. Whereas Iron Man was all about, I, want, I don't want the government as a part of me at all. I'm doing my own thing. Then with his mess-ups and Ultron, you come down to, to now into Civil War, they flipped. Iron Man wants oversight. Captain America does not. Right. You see an entire arc, an entire change, and it leads up to this conflict which now leads us up to another greater conflict that we see coming down 
when it comes to the Infinity War, Infinity Gauntlet. Mm. So you can clearly see the development. You see where Thor comes into play. You see where Vision comes in. You see where the Scarlet Bridge comes in. You see where Black Panther comes in. Doctor Strange. All these things are well-developed characters that Marvel took their time to develop, which is why it's got a better following. Yeah, I agree. Because uh, it seems like DC was uh, you know, definitely trying to play catch-up to Marvel and by going... To an out to an outcome that what that they didn't deserve because they didn't have they didn't bother to put the time because it seems like that whole DC uh, movie universe they kind of like for Batman v Superman like it was supposed to be a Man of Steel sequel they fell kind of ass backwards into hey let's make this a Batman v Superman movie and then we'll use that because technically I think that's that's the movie that was supposed to set up their Marvel they had no intention of like doing a universe with Man of Steel at all. And then I think Zack Snyder was just like, at the end of Man of Steel 2, I want a crate of kryptonite delivered to Bruce Wayne's house. And he was like, you know what? Let's make the whole movie this. And then they like rushed, to, rushed that into production. Yeah, so they didn't deserve. They're, they're trying to get to an outcome that they didn't deserve with like, you know, how like Marvel, uh, you know, put all these things into place. And like how we, what you guys are talking about with Game of Thrones. Like, you know, they they took the time to, to put this universe together and earn it. And, uh, yeah, I don't think DC is, is doing it. Like, what was the news today? They're just... Because they, they, they're just throwing movies together without any kind of plan. They're just like, oh, we're going to do a... The... What is it? The Harley Quinn yeah. movie with all the female villains that wasn't on the slate before. Uh, and they're just like, yeah, we're going to throw this in there. And today they, they announced they're going to do a Joker origin movie. Uh, and then, like, they're still working on a Shazam movie that is or isn't in the same universe, but possibly yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, nah, the good I, thing I, that DC is doing, though, I do like, um, I haven't really kept up with it, but what they did with Arrow, with Flash. Yeah. Uh, well, they're kicking tomorrow, ass on TV, but not. The TV and really the animated movies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are good. Killing Joke, things like that. Those are doing quite well. And they got, one thing I even though I'm a Marvel fan through and through, I really wish, I think I mentioned it earlier today, just in the conversation, the Lantern Corps is an awesome concept. They deserve to go back and fix the Green Lantern. How, you know, don't go to how Jordan, you, you kind of botched that up. You know, either <laughs> remake it or jump into, the next one was Guy Gardner, jump into Jon Stewart, because I would like to see, of course, a black Green Lantern. Jon Stewart was a really good, really calm military man, which is great. But you can't skip over Guy Gardner because if you do, you're going to have a whole fit. <laughs> I, I don't know if you could tell this, but Rodney is black. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't come through. <laughs> I, w- I would just like to see Atrocitus in, in a movie. I would love to see that. I would see Mark, please. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, please. What's, what's, what's his oath? What's mine is mine is mine. Yeah. Mine is mine is mine. Yeah. <laughs> That's his oath. That, he, yeah. He's the orange lantern. That orange lantern. The orange is the color of green. Yeah. He great. only had, Really, there's... In all honesty, there's only one member of the Lantern Corps, and really a main one is Larkley, because he's too greedy to give out any other rings. Yeah. He's greedy. <laughs> That's the beautiful thing about the Lantern. Now, he does have some other Lanterns. I'm going to, somebody, yeah. if this gets out, somebody's like, that guy, what he's talking about, fine, okay, whatever. Yeah, well, <laughs> go to Comics Explain, go to Comic Story, and you'll see, yes, there's other Lanterns, but really, Larkley's is the dude, just like Atrocis is the main. I just um, want to see the Florida cat. I just, <laughs> Well, they, you know, oh, they yeah. lose their minds. That's, what, that's the funny thing about the Red Lantern. When you become a Red Lantern, you don't have another mind of your own. You're all consumed by red rage. So if you take your ring off, you die. So those guys have to be mad all the time, yeah. which would be a cool if you could cross over and make like Red Hulk have to be a Red Lantern. Wow. <laughs> that would be beyond awesome. <laughs> but 
So that's a, that's a pretty interesting cut between all of those things. Now, we have some stuff that's coming up in the pop culture uh, lexicon here in the next, I don't know, three months. We're entering into the fall season, which is where we gear up for the less explodey films and more into the, the Oscar bait. But uh, there is still <laughs> some explodey stuff that's coming up. Um, we have the new Star Wars film that's about to drop uh, near Christmas. So uh, considering everything that's out there about the the turn for Luke Skywalker, the turn for Kylo Ren, there's going to be a lot of different things that are being teased that it's an unexpected film. Uh, we, of course, have to deal with the sudden loss of, of uh, actress. Oh, God, what is her name? Carrie Fisher. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, sh- I should be flogged it. for that. Um, but Carrie <laughs> Fisher, <laughs> you know, how, how are they going to real uh, really deal with you know the the character? Um, is it going to be like a, a Fast and Furious where they <laughs> they have him right off into the sunset and he's okay, or is it going to be where they actually kill her character off? Uh, there's lots of things that are going to be happening here. Now, are, are you excited to see this film? Now, back when Empire Strikes Back came out. Now, Ryan, I, admittedly, you're probably a little young for this. Yeah, I was too young to have seen that in theaters, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he was not not of this earth at that time. <laughs> no. Nope. Rodney, Rodney, you do yes. remember this time. Now, do you remember if the critical acclaim for Empire was something that was immediately seen, or was it something that took time for people to appreciate it, to my recollection, and this is why, in all honesty, I like the, I think like most people, I like the original Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a Star Trek person, but I like the original Star Wars. And I went and, and I'll be honest with you, I saw the original um, prequel, which was The Phantom Menace. Don't get me wrong, Darth Maul, right? Qui-Gon Jinn, Phantom Menace. And that's why I haven't looked at the Star Wars, Star Wars since. I really didn't, I didn't feel it. Yeah. So I still look at the three originals. And I say that to bring it back to The Empire Strikes Back. To me, is the best of them all. Right. Here's why. It, to me, it's real simple. It's fine to have predictability in these kind of movies because you realize very quickly who the good guy is, who the bad guy is. And once you see who the good guy is, you might root for the bad guy a little bit, but you know who's going to win. Empire Strikes Back, the bad guy's won. And they kind of left it like that. I mean, you saw that, first of all, you had the realization, if you haven't read the books, of who Luke Skywalker's father was. And I don't know, am I giving away something if I get the spoiler alert? Guess who it was? <laughs> it was Dar- uh, James Earl Jones. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> as, as Noah mentioned, that's right. That means Luke Skywalker was part black. That's and right. that's what gave him the force. Nowadays, they call it soul. Or they call it that ism. Whatever you want to call it, wherever you're from. But <laughs> the long story short is, what happened is that you realize a big turn of events, and then the heroes seemingly are decimated. Han Solo is frozen, for lack of a better term. And the enemies seem like they're good to go. They're just going about their day. And you're kind of left wondering, like, wait a minute. The dude who was the coolest of them all, I mean, don't get me wrong, Luke Skywalker has the force. But Han Solo is the cool guy. He's the pirate he lives by the seat of his pants. He is not governed by nobody. He jumps in to help you out if it's convenient for him. We got to get paid. So, I mean, he's like the brother of Star Wars. Aside from, of course, um, 
really deep. But <laughs> yeah, say Lando's kind of a Cal cool Rissian. guy. Cal is a cool name. <laughs> I give him credit. Cal Rissian is a dope name, man. Yeah. That's like uh, you know something someone would come up for themselves if they ran the streets. My name is Cal Rissian. So <laughs> I like it. Moving on. So I like the whole feeling of it because you got even when they did the remakes, you got the planet. You know, you got the city in the sky and the clouds. It looks better, looks sharper, and I like the Empire Strikes Back. It seems to me that it took people time to get used to that. Yeah. The concept was, wait a minute, the good guys didn't. Yeah. But it made you hungry for the return. But so here's my question. If, in, and from the, the Star Trek perspective, we had the episode where the Star Trek 2 in the new series where it was like this attempted, a really poor attempted at misdirection um, where they said it's not con. This isn't con. <laughs> oh. It's oh. not con. And you thought into darkness. Yeah. Yeah, and lo and yes. behold, into darkness was about Khan. Now, <laughs> my my question is, is that we're trying not to do the same thing with Star Wars. It's supposed to be its its new standalone thing for the new generation. But I get the sense because of all the the dark you know perspective, some of the choices that are apparently going to be happening with Luke Skywalker. The, the, these are all supposed at this point, but uh, it kind of feels like they're trying to tap into that same feeling. They're trying to get there again, but this time, because it's not new, because it's already building off of something that was there, feels kind of forced if they do that. And I don't yeah. know that it will connect the same way. I oh, go ahead, please. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I don't think so because I think <coughs> a, a good crew and a good director and uh, Ryan Johnson. I don't. I mean, because I'm sure they have a, a in-game insight for this new trilogy. Uh, and I don't know, because a lot of people think that, you know, like, because of the way, what, what did he say at the end of that one trailer? That it's time for the Jedi to end. Uh, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of ways that could be interpreted, I suppose. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I hope they're not trying to, like, pull the wool over our eyes just to have it be what everybody thought it was going to be anyway. But, uh, but yeah, I, I trust Ryan Johnson. And I'm sure this is all something that, what's his name? He was the director on the last one. I always forget. Uh, um. Star Trek dude. Um, hey, yeah, the JJ bad robot. Yeah, bad robot. <laughs> yeah, that he, you know, him and Kathleen Kennedy and all those guys had put a Star Wars Bible together, and they've got Ryan working on this one. So, and I think he wrote it too. Him and Kasdan, the guy that wrote like Empire and Jedi and Force Awakens and stuff. So I don't know. I think it's in good hands. Okay. I'm not too worried about it. They got my money. Well, they're going to, obviously, I think that's going to happen no matter, I mean, I'm the guy, I hate everything that comes out at all times without question, and they have my money, so. (laughs) I'll even pay for those seats that, like, shake, and (laughs) that's how I saw Force Awakens, and I didn't even realize that's what I bought. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, I had that happen once, but it was actually an earthquake. <laughs> like, I was like, I didn't know these seats had rumble support. It was an earthquake. <laughs> oh, boy. These, what movie was it? It was... It was Puss in Boots. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like all those animated movies. <laughs> no, it was just, of all the things to say that I, you realize that it had rumble support... I know. Puss and Boots was not in my mind. I said, how long ago was this? Was he watching something like the Godzilla remake? I mean, you know. No, he's watching Puss and Boots. Yep. Yeah. That's, That's awesome. what makes that story even better. 
<laughs> All right. I, I think that uh, about wraps it up here for this mini episode of the Mexi Bro Movie Show. We would like to thank our guests, Rodney and Ryan. Double R. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Yeah, you guys Appreciate are awesome. Thank you for staying up this extra late hour, even though we have to be up fairly early in the morning. Um, <laughs> and of course... Uh, Fred, where can people reach us at the Mexibro Movie Show? Oh, they can find us on our website at uh, themexibromovieshow.com. Find us on Facebook at the Mexibro Movie Show. Uh, Twitter, I believe, is still uh, Mexibro Show at the Mexibro Show. Email us at uh, Mexibro Movie Show at gmail.com or uh, at the. Uh, yeah, we'll say Mexibro Movie Show. We never get emails on that one. If, if somebody sends us an email after this episode, I'll send you a sticker. You'll be the first. <laughs> You'll be the first. <laughs> Got to tone down that enthusiasm there. For yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was racing to my phone to go to, the, to, go to, the, to our site. To he's going to accidentally send us an email. <laughs> You're going to owe yourself a sticker. Say, add a boy sticker. He'll say, wow. It's Mexi Bro Movie Show at CompuServe. Yeah, Mexi Show at gmail.com. Oh, alright, so there is nothing left to say except live, love, and pop-ups. There you go, that was sexy. That was good. The Mexibro Movie Show is brought to you by Fred Noel, produced at the Bad Movie Mesa Studios, a division of Trekker Mecha Productions. I'd like to thank our guests Rodney and Ryan for joining us. And we encourage you to visit us at themexibromovieshow.com. Go pick up a t-shirt at redbubble.com. Search for The Mexi Bros. Thank you for listening. Until next time. You have potential, Manuel.